Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Diary of a Folk Witch. My name is Zanna and I am a practising priestess, doula and animistic folk witch living in Lancashire. Here I will share with you a blend of essays and diary entries that allow you to peer into the very real world of a modern practising traditional style folk witch and wise woman. You are invited into my innermost world of actual everyday living witchcraft. Everything from folklore to foraging, herbalism to urban homesteading, divination, spiritual practice and more. I don't niche down here, you see it all. Because I'm not just a witch when I'm performing workings, it's in every area of my life. And you get to share that with me. Diaries are supposed to be places where we document our deepest secrets. But I believe some secrets are worth sharing. So let me share my life with you. Not all harvests look the same. Date, August 31st, 2023. Moon phase, full moon, super blue moon. Location, home, Lancashire, UK. Weather, chill overcast and periodic rain. I have woken up this morning and there is a distinct smell of autumn in the air. The air smells crisp, the sky looks subdued, and there is a sense of impending change afoot. All things the folk witch is well accustomed to observing. You see, for most of those who practice folk ways and witchcraft, we see ourselves as very much part of the land, married to it in sacred union through spirituality and wise folk practices. We know and understand the cyclic seasons of the earth and over time have come to recognise the powerful signs of weatherways, bird movements, animal behaviours, plant cycles and more. All little patterns that inform the wise folk of what is going on in the world around them and how the earth is moving through its annual journey around the sun. As well as the autumnal waves gently creeping in across the land, another energy fills the landscape that of this month's supermoon, which is also a blue moon. Being a woman, I am well aware of how much the lunar energies pull at my own. Many women find that their menstrual cycles tie in with either the new or full moon, and as any birth doula or midwife can tell you, the full moon is usually the calendar month's most busy period for giving birth. But it's not just women who are affected by the moon, all genders are, because we are human, and our existence is heavily influenced by both the sun and the moon, and this moon seems stronger than usual. There is a sense of excited tension in the air, like an orgasm building and waiting to release in ecstasy. People seem much more tense than usual, like everyone is on tenterhooks waiting for a storm to finally break. I have observed people being more snappy at one another over the last few days, but then make up quickly afterwards. Children too also seem to have more tantrums at the moment, but then quickly find joy and distraction again. It really does feel as though that the full moon is all about unblocking of energies and blocked up emotions, releasing them, healing and then moving on. For those of you who don't know, 
A blue moon refers to a second full moon that occurs in one calendar month. And a supermoon is when a full moon occurs at the closest point to the Earth during its lunar orbit. Having both a blue moon and a supermoon is somewhat uncommon, with the next one said to be occurring in 2037. Our current full moon is in Pisces, a time of heightened emotion, desire and intuition. It is perhaps then no wonder why so many people are feeling the need to suddenly express and relieve themselves of burdensome feelings and emotions that may have been holding them back or causing creative blockages. With so many seemingly being drawn to release what no longer serves them, or express what it is they truly feel about something or someone, so too comes the time and space to reflect upon themselves as individuals, at least for those of whom who are brave enough to do so. Because to truly reflect upon ourselves and our actions and desires can sometimes be a very emotive thing to do. Not everyone is ready or able to yet face and work through their own personal shadows. But what about me? What am I reflecting upon at the moment, during this blue supermoon period which seems so intent on birthing the autumn with it? Well, for me, I'm meditating upon harvests, more specifically personal annual harvests, the kind we all try to cultivate each year as we grow as individuals. And this is what I want to talk about today, namely that not all harvests look the same. The wheel is turning. Lunasa, the first harvest festival, has come and gone, and now the end of August sees many of us turn our eyes to the fast-approaching September autumnal equinox, the second harvest festival before the neo-pagan Wheel of the Year completes its annual cycle and ends with Samhain. It is important to note that not all folk witches will identify as being pagan. I speak about this more in a few of my blogs, and where some, very well, may see paganism and Wicca as nature-based religions, in reality, its cousin folk witchcraft is not a religion. Rather, it's a practice that's non-denominational and can be worked alongside any spirituality and religion. From Druidry, Asatru and Shamanism to Christianity and even other monotheistic faiths. With this in mind, although many witches and folk workers may not necessarily follow the neo-pagan wheel of the year, they may almost certainly still follow and acknowledge the seasons of the year. This is one thing we do share. For folk witches, the harvest season is a very busy and contemplative time of year. Whether like me you are harvesting very real things from the garden and homestead, or you are assessing all that you have achieved and seemingly not achieved over the last year. This time of year seems to cyclically prompt many to personally reflect and take stock. For many, there will be a sense of pride and achievement. Academic years may have finished on a high for some students. Gardeners may now be harvesting and preserving bountiful crops, and others may even be looking to move into new employment during the autumn. This time of year often sees that there is a mixed sense of trepidation, excitement and pride. The seeds we have sown may have gone on to bear good fruit and now there may be a period of rest over the winter, safe in the knowledge that all the hard work we did has paid off and that should we want to, we can even begin to consider what new seeds and projects we may want to grow over the next season. 
But what about those whose seeds did not come out as bountifully as expected? What of those who perhaps feel as though they are only harvesting half of what they feel that they planted? For these people, this time of year can be frustrating and even emotionally difficult. Be it the gardener who found that poor weather impacted their crops, or the student who did not get the grades they wanted to get into the college or university they desired so much, or all those others who planted the seeds of projects and growth that did not fully come to pass. Today, this podcast is recorded for you as a message of encouragement. Over the years, I have learnt that it is a rare person to have an ecstatically abundant year every year, despite what some may boastfully claim. That just like with all things, we have our cycles and our tides. Why? Because we're human and that's okay. For the most part, I have noticed that there seems to be three sorts of abundance and harvest years. The first is the sort of year that we all desire, where you find that you succeed in seemingly everything, that all the seeds you planted and the projects that you started all bring the biggest of harvests to you, and they're so abundant that you could share them with those you love, to the point where you're overflowing with abundance. The second sort of harvest could seem like the complete opposite to the first example. Perhaps you've been unwell, or were distracted by pain or grief, or just lacked the impetus to really push yourself and manifest your desires. Whatever the reason, through fault or no fault of your own, you may not have achieved all that you wanted to. And finally, there is a third and final form of harvest, those awkward intermediate years when it's not been unsuccessful as such, but for whatever reason, you've been forced to stand still or slow down. Maybe you've been in a space of recovery, or perhaps you've been held up by a commitment. It might be that your progress has half got there, but elements outside of your control have impacted the full harvest result. In this instance, for whatever reason, your harvest seems a bit, well, meh. The latter example has been my year, and I will share some of that with you soon. As humans, we can often become sad, frustrated or disillusioned when our personal harvest does not bear the fruit that we wanted or expected. Metaphorically speaking, it may feel like we planted strawberries and then ended up with pungent onions instead. The good news is, both are still a harvest and both can certainly still be used. Okay, it isn't what we thought we were going to come away with. But again, metaphorically speaking, we can still use those onions for food and even store those onions for the winter. The same can be said of our more personal harvests. Unfortunately for many, we tend to get so hung up on what we did not achieve that we fail to appreciate what we are coming away with. For the student who did not get the grades they wanted, time, health, patience, perseverance, they're all things that they can use to start again and this time from a place of experience. For the person who entered employment and found that it turned out not really to be for them, they could potentially see out their contract and then look for new employment. There seems to be an unfair and unrealistic social expectation that as civilised humans we should be achieving to the extreme every year, and unfortunately in the Western world this pressure sets in very early, 
with children as young as seven years old having an absurd amount of pressure applied to them in order to achieve well in their SATs. The social and academic pressure only increases with every year that passes, to the point where as adults we are often led to believe that we are failing if we are not cultivating ourselves in some new and dynamic way every year. A perfect example of this might be the 2020 lockdown due to coronavirus. Lockdown presented many with the perfect opportunity to stay home and rest, to protect their immune system and be well. And yet, social media was absolutely flooded with courses that had now swapped from being in-person attendance to offering virtual attending. Many adverts were actively promoting to sign up to courses during lockdown to avoid boredom. Now I don't know about you, but boredom is not a bad thing in my personal little world. Some of my best creations were born when I was bored. It gave me time and space for creative sparks to be birthed. Hobbies such as sourdough making and DIY rocketed during lockdown. Now, some of this is pure human nature. We are very much a doing creature. By doing things and learning new skills, we have learned and evolved as a human race. We naturally lean towards hobbies as both a form of growth and as a coping mechanism, a way of debriefing from the day-to-day obligations of our life. But what made the pandemic a little bit different was that capitalism did seem to be exploiting this natural human behaviour to grow and cultivate ourselves and instead push an agenda of, don't just sit there, do something. It's this sort of do or die attitude and that don't just sit there, do something that is sucking so much joy out of life. Culturally, we have been trained to keep pushing ourselves And when we do not push ourselves, or we attempt to slow down for a few months or so, we are thought of as lazy. This attitude can lead people into anxiety and depression. Because when there is a distinct need to rest and take a step back, we emotionally beat ourselves up for fear of what others might think of us. A perfect example of this would be when women want to observe the fourth trimester after giving birth, or when fathers want to take paternity leave. So many parents are made to think that they're being lazy for wanting to retreat and hibernate from the world and bond with their baby. That the parents should somehow have bounced back already and be back to pre-pregnancy shape and switched from breast to formula and back to work. And then society wonders why postnatal depression is sky high and why so many relationships break down. Perhaps it has something to do with that old don't just sit there do something mentality It leaves little space to rest, play and connect. All of this directly feeds back into how we personally view our annual harvests between now and the calendar new year. Instead of looking at the parts of our harvests that did not grow as well as we were hoping to with compassion and a growth mindset, we often panic and retreat into pessimism. I was very much this person once. It has taken a really long time to unlearn so many of our unrealistic social expectations. It took me a long time to look at my harvests in love, even when the bounty was small. But when you do start to do this, interesting growth starts to happen. 
When you show yourself compassion, you sit in a powerful place of being able to clearly reflect on what went well and what did not. From there, you can troubleshoot the issues. For example, you may have taken a course or started a hobby and realised that the reason it did not work out was not because you're rubbish and unskilled, but purely because you are not so passionate about it. Perhaps you were even unwell or busy. If you started the project and then found that actually you're not quite as passionate about it as you thought you might be, then that realisation is a gift. You can surrender the project safe in the knowledge that you tried and now you're moving on. Moving on is not a weakness or giving up. It means that you value your time enough to not waste it on the things that do not bring you joy. If you find that you were too busy to dedicate to the task, you can try and troubleshoot this and see if there's a way that you can make time to try again or even surrender this project completely until such a time that you do have the time to do it. Again, this isn't a weakness either. You are prioritising. And if perhaps it was the case that you were too unwell to see the project through, or that you were grieving, or had a big commitment, that's okay too. It also means that for that season, those were the things you needed to nurture, and that is far from a waste of time. As humans, we need to start reframing what success really is. We are a very cyclical animal. We follow the seasons of the year with our agriculture. Our body reacts to the moon cycles because we are predominantly water. Our body's microbiome is so big that some have claimed that what makes us truly human is only 10% of our being. The rest is bacterial. And even bacteria and viruses can demonstrate certain cyclical habits. As a cyclical creature, it is natural for us to slow down and reflect upon our harvest seasons, but it's not natural for us to beat ourselves up, because some years we have more time and energy than others, and that's okay. For me, the last year has been one of those intermediate years. Last year, I trained and qualified as a birth dealer and a baby-wearing consultant. I also initiated as a priestess. Sowing 2021 to Sowing 2022 was a huge period of growth for me. Then, in November last year, I gave birth to our son. I started the 2022 to 2023 Wheel of the Year in the bliss of love and bonding. I also started my Herbal Medicine Foundation in the hopes of one day becoming a clinical herbalist. But I was also hit with virus after virus from December to April, hardly surprising when my daughter had started nursery school. As a former nursery nurse and youth worker myself, I know only too well that nurseries are pure viral factories for children to mix and share in, creating new variants of not-so-pleasant illnesses. This then led me to falling behind on some of my studying and having to ask for a deadline extension, something I do not think I've ever had to do before. Thankfully, it was granted with kindness and compassion, and I'm doing really well with my studying now. When it came to gardening, we had quite a poor bounty this year. With so much rain and hardly any sun this summer, we have no apples or plums, hardly any raspberries, and my mullein, coltsfoot and evening primrose did not fare well at all. 
but we did have a bounty of blackberries that I've been able to preserve, and my chamomile and calendula have survived. Now, the old Zanna would have been really frustrated at this, because compared to the last Wheel of the Year cycle, when you compare the two, I might have looked at it and felt like I've not achieved much at all. But witchcraft, meditation and working with my ancestors and spirits of the land have taught me differently. I'm now able to reframe my thinking and see that actually this wheel of the year has seen me safely birth my baby and breastfeed. My body has triumphed over a nasty onslaught of some pretty horrific viruses, including pneumonia. I've expanded my garden's medicinal patch and cultivated chamomile and calendula. I foraged and preserved foods and expanded my writing and created a podcast. If we try to define ourselves by the things we did not achieve, we end up not seeing the abundance of blessings around us. So I chose this year, and indeed in other recent years, to look at the things I did achieve instead of focusing on the things that didn't come to pass. In terms of what others may have achieved this year, my achievements may look modest to some, they may look great to others, but I don't care really how other people perceive my achievements. I achieved those things and I've achieved things that my ancestors could have only dreamed of and I know that they're proud of me. So whatever you're harvesting this season, be they big, modest or small, be kind to yourself. Try to reframe the narrative of the story to truly reflect your wonderful experiences. And remember, even if you are unsatisfied, it's far from over. Every passing moment offers a new opportunity to start again. If a moment is around a minute long, and there are 1,440 minutes in a day, that is 1,440 opportunities to start again. Whatever it is you've harvested this year, or you plan to harvest next year, I hope it really is beautiful and appreciated. Through the time, mists and distance between us, blessings from me to you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast and also a huge thank you to those of you who reached out to me over social media platforms such as Instagram and Facebook to say how much you're enjoying the podcast or have asked about collaborations. Unfortunately, I'm not yet in a position to do collabs yet, but I hope to be in time. Another thank you goes out to all the people who have previously signed up to my premium content subscription service. As some of you may be aware, I'm actually in the process of switching over to Patreon, so there's been a temporary pause in the premium content at the moment, but please keep an ear out, and as soon as I make the switch over to Patreon, you guys will be the first to know. Thank you again for listening today. Through the time, mists and distance between us, blessings from me to you.